We started two weeks ago uh, in a little series about This Is Us, and little uh, as it's only six weeks, but it has great meaning for who we are, because we're looking at who has God called us to be as a church, who's God called us to be as Christ followers that are walking with him every day, and Dan mentioned it earlier, but we were in Luke 15 two weeks ago, and it was, it was foundational in who we want to be. And we, we saw this incredible picture of God's heart that he cares for lost people deeply, that he has a great affection for those outside the church, for those that, that are in that mountain of sin right now, that he cares for them so bad. And we, we gave our, our, us the encouragement and proclamation, proclamation for us to go out and to, to be on the search. To, who's the one that God has laid on your heart to pray for, to serve uh, with the hopes of, of maybe starting a spiritual conversation with them or inviting them to an environment within this church or some church or some ministry somewhere that God wants us to be on mission in this area. And my prayer for me, it's, it's been a prayer for a long time, and I still got to figure this out, and I, I pray for this church, is that our heart would truly break. I mean, it would break for the things that break the heart of God. And that over these coming weeks and months, that that would just be a part of our DNA, that God, we are broken for the things that break your heart. And we want to be on mission in this area. Last week, we talked about worship, as Dan mentioned. Uh, not only just our little 15, 20-minute segment that we're a part of in this service, which is awesome, but to live a lifestyle of worship. And then we shared, what are five ways for us uh, to engage at Centerville Community Church? Uh, for one that comes in, that begins to check this place out and think, how can, I, how can I get involved? What can God call me to do? And we shared these five, and it's where we're, we're, we're planning to be, uh, not only this week, but the next couple, to share and unpack these at a greater level. But I want to share them with you again this morning, and then we'll jump into the, to the second two today. Uh, if you were to be a, a part of this church, that we, we believe it's so important for every member for weekend worship to be uh, of utmost importance to you. That when the body of Christ gathers and we stand shoulder to shoulder and sing grace, grace, God's grace, that we do it together. We praise God. We're in awe of who God is together. That we can worship. There's something special that happens when we gather. And we said never forsake gathering with the church. Make it a top priority for you. The second one was to find your God job. Simply meaning for us to, to put our faith into action. That we believe there's a place for everybody to serve here, and we're going to talk about that more today. Uh, a third way is we believe everybody should be in a, an ongoing group, whether that be a community group or a discipleship group, that we, we grow together better when we are together, when we're doing life together, outside of just gathering in rows uh, and in pews every week to hear a message and sing some songs. There's something unique that happens when we gather in smaller groups. It's what we see the early church that they were all, all about. And then the fourth and fifth one we'll unpack uh, next week a little bit more is to partner with us as we love and serve this local community called Centerville and Greater Dayton. That we have partnerships with ministries all throughout this community, and we want to be wind beneath their wings as we serve them. They're doing it better than we could ever dream of doing, so we want to come alongside them. And then the last one is to engage in our global ministry around the world. The CMA movement is all about, is all about global ministry. It's all about not only just sending dollars, but sending people as we go serve everyone around the world, that we want everybody to experience new life in Christ. The reason why we think these are so important is because we believe these five will help us stay synced up with each other, to stay unified. We believe these five will help us stay synced up to God's mission, 
And we believe as we carry out the mission in this community and around the world that when we live these out on a regular basis, that we are truly living out what it means to be, to be the local church and to be on mission. Last week we shared uh, that in Romans 12, 1 and 2 of, of what it really looks like for us to live, to live a lifestyle of worship. That, that every single day our eyes are fixed on him. And Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, so here's what I want you to do. I love this. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. We don't think that way often. Every little moment of my day that I'm to place that before God as an offering, for that's my spiritual act of worship. And it goes on, it says, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Church, God, God created you and I. He put hardwired us to worship him, to be in relationship with him. There's a few things in this life that I love more than anything, and one is my walk with Christ. It's the most important thing that, um, that I could ever do and to keep in tune with. And another one is I, I love my wife and my kids and my family. I'm so thankful for her. She makes me better. Uh, so thankful for our three boys. We look at them, and they are just an absolute, an absolute gift. Do they drive us crazy a lot? Man, they do. <laughs> but we love them like you would not believe. And then one of the, one of the huge ones that's in my life is I absolutely love the local church. I, I love the local church. I love everything about it. Uh, is there times in the local church where I may get frustrated? Most certainly. Is there times as I look back through church history all the way back to the, to the, to the very beginning days of, of, of the local church coming alive? Has the church messed up throughout the years in church history? It sure has. Has it fallen short a few times? It sure has. Why? Because it's led by broken people. It's led by fallen people like me and like, and like you. But there's something about the local church when it's clicking on all cylinders. There is nothing more beautiful than the local church living out in being who God has called us to be. There's nothing more beautiful than the local church of Jesus Christ. And he's called us to be a part of something way, way bigger than ourselves. I want to ask you a question this morning. It's a big question to think about. But one day there's going to be a group of people that's going to, going to gather in a room. Maybe a room just like this. Maybe this room. And they're going to begin to sing some songs, and then, and then there's going to be some scripture that's read, and the pastor's going to stand up front. Maybe your children or your spouse will get on the stage as well, and they'll begin to share about your life as they celebrate your life, because we're all finite beings. There's going to be a day uh, when our time on this earth is going to come to an end. And the question to think about today is, what is going to be said about you? What are they going to say that you lived for? What are they going to say when they think about your life? That, that's the thing that made their heart tick. That's what they were all about. Well, the good thing is, is we're still here, and we can help shape that, right? And it's a question we can even ask ourselves today is, what, what would people say about, about me in this moment? And here's the deal. God has not only given us the mission He's given us a, a vision all throughout Scripture. He's given us the means. He's given us the vehicle through his word to live a life that truly is worth living. He's given us every opportunity to do that. 
so that someday when that group of people gathers in a room, I don't know how big or small it will be, and they get up front and talk about you, they will be able to say, because you honored this, that man, he or she, they, they lived a life that was honoring to God. They, they, it was a life well lived. God's called us to be a part of something way bigger than ourselves. He's called us to engage in a movement, the most incredible movement to ever go in this world called the local church. And he's told us to engage in it and be a part of it and, and, and live it out in the community around us. And the question, the big question, is are you engaged? Are you engaged with what God is doing all around this church and all around this community and all around this world? You know, from coaching sports and playing sports way too long, you wake up in the morning, your knees don't, like you need a grease cert in them to get them going sometimes in your ankles. And from, but when coaching sports, one of the things that, that I've learned is you can tell really, really quick whether it be in practice or a game, if your team is engaged. Or you can tell really, really quick if you've got a few on the sidelines that are not, that are not engaged, right? And then they get in the game and the same, the same old story plays out. They're unengaged and they get their tail whipped in the game. And it happens over and over and over for us as Christ followers as well. That we say, yeah, we love God, we praise God, we sing songs about God, we quote verses about God, but we are spiritually on the sidelines, that we find ourselves maybe just going through the motions spiritually. One of the things of God's vision for the local church was he was about creating a movement of people, a movement of people that are all in, a movement of people that, that are dialed in to what it means to have a relationship with God. He longs for us to be at that place. And it's like he's whispering in our ear constantly as we navigate through all the circumstances of life, some horrible, some good. Hey, will you trust me? Will you trust me? Will you follow me? Will you trust me in this? Will you trust me with that? It's a movement that God has called us to be a part of and, and one that's so big that we only get one chance to do it right. We only get one life to do it right. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that others may read it and run with it. And you read through scripture, God's given us a pretty incredible call. The vision is as clear as it could possibly be and he longs for people to experience new life in Christ. He's given us a huge call to love him and to love others. He's given us a huge call to go into all the world, right? Preaching the gospel, baptizing people, changing lives for the eternal trajectory of their life. There's an old saying about vision. There's a lot of writing on vision, and I love this one. I want to share it with you. A vision without a plan is just a dream. A plan without a vision is just drudgery. But a vision with a plan can change the world. It's why we're talking about the five ways to engage here at Centerville Community. And obviously the first one we talked about is worship. That as the body of Christ, there's not much more importance we can do than gather and worship God for who he is and for what he's done in our life. And I want to speak to the second two today. And, um, and you, can, you can follow along. The second one that we put down was to find your God job and to put your faith into, into action and, and the third one was to join a, a community or discipleship group that, that connects you to this, to this church, this church family. I want to encourage you this week, if you have some time, um, to read through 1 Corinthians 12. We don't have time to go through the whole thing today, and 
Uh, it could be a, a few weeks of sermons in and of itself. It's about 31 verses long, but one of the things that Paul talks about in this, in this particular uh, chapter is he talks about the church as, as being a body. Here's how he says it. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, he says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. We understand that. We have a body. We have hands. We have elbows and legs and, and lungs and, and organs inside of our body. We have eyes and teeth and a nose and all of that. And Paul says the church is just like a body. And the body won't function well unless all the other parts are functioning well too, right? That if there's something ailing, if there's something broken, that begins to affect all the other areas of the body. And it's so important, Paul even shares with us to take care, take care of the body, right? To take care of the body. And he goes on, he says, we all have a part to play that God has put the body together. Verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Is that my, think about that for a second, that little me, little you, we, we are a part of the body of Christ. That's powerful. That is absolutely powerful. And Paul goes on in Ephesians 4, begins to unpack that a little bit more. Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12. He says, so Christ himself gave uh, the apostles, uh, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors. You may see shepherds in some of your uh, translations or, or, or versions. And then teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Listen to what he says. And here's going to be the awesome result if we get this right. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What will we become if we, if we get this right? If we live out being the body, uh, that we will, we will experience a, a unity like never before. We will begin to experience maturity in Christ like never before. We'll begin to experience, he says, the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So 1 Corinthians says, hey, we're, we're like a body. We're all these parts. Every single one of you in here have a part to play. I have a part to play. We all have a part to play. And then Ephesians 4 goes into greater detail of, of what that actually looks like when all the parts work together. And when all the parts work together... We as a church will become more and more and more, and we will come to a place where we, we can actually become mature in Christ, experiencing the full measure of Christ. You don't have to raise your hands, but who in here, a part of this church, longs for us to grow as a body and become mature in Christ? Who in here is, is, is a member of this body that, that shows up on a weekly basis would long and love to see us experience the full measure, the full measure of Christ in this place. We would all say, we would all say yes. I want to pop up a visual aid up on the screen, and you can watch as some of you are interested in this. Others would never know how any of it worked. But it's the gears of a clock. And each one of these gears on the clock, without one of them playing their part, seems like such a small part, right, inside the clock. But if one of them doesn't do their job, this clock, it doesn't work. It takes the frame of the clock. It takes all the little screws in the clock. It, make, it, it takes the, the whole encompassing, the whole picture of what the clock looks like. And maybe most importantly about the clock is without its power source, 
Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of parts are inside, right? Without its power source, whether that's batteries or whether that's plunging it into a wall, without the power source, the clock is sunk. Paul's trying to get the church to see and to understand, man, don't, don't, don't ever, ever, ever get disconnected from the power source. What's the power source? It's God. It's God in heaven. And he says, stay connected, church, ever close to that power source. But not only that, man, every part of the body needs to be playing their part. Needs to be living out their part. We can see how this all goes together, and and, and Paul begins to explain this to us. But one of the things that's so important to see with the gears is they they are interdependent. They need each other in order to function properly. And when you think about the local church, it's a question to ask for you. Would you say uh, between that 1% to 100%, where are you at on that scale of being engaged, of playing your part, of living out uh, of what God has gifted you with? He's given you all spiritual gifts. He's given you all uh, gifts and abilities to bless this place in a powerful powerful way. And so many of you in this room are doing it. And I could just line you up one after another and pass the mic down the line and you could share how you are living out what God's called you to do. That's what he's calling us to. I don't want to stereotype the church. I don't want to stereotype groups of people, but um, I feel like in the church, as I've watched it throughout the years, uh, most people fall in one of these two areas. That you either fall into the spot where you are you're a consumer. Uh, people attend the church with the mindset of what's in it for me. I hope this blesses me. I hope this is good for me. And then there's another mindset that says, no, 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 no. I'm, I've moved way beyond that. I, I'm going to be a contributor, right? It's those that say I'm all in. I'm all into what God's called me to. I'm all in on the mission. And they begin to own, they begin to own the ministry. Now, before I unpack that a little bit, I want to say that it's okay. We want consumers to show up here. We want people to always feel like they can come and check out Centerville Community Church, see who God may be, and, 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 and figure out, wrestle with some of the, the tensions they're living with, maybe the questions that they're living with in their heart. We will have rows open every week for consumers. But as we grow in our walk with Christ, we should not, we should not stay there. We should be transformed from the inside out to a place where we, we, begin, to be, we begin to be contributors. What's a consumer look like? They walk into church and think, man, preach me a good sermon. Give me a couple songs that I like. I hope the coffee's hot, right? I hope my parking spot's there. Nobody better better be in my row, right? And we can just come in. It's about me, 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 me. And let let me just be really frank with you and be honest. That was never the mission and the vision of what God had for the church. That was never the mission and vision of what he had for you. But he called us to serve. He called us to be the hands and the feet of Christ. Romans 12, we shared it last week. He said, hey, hey don't, whatever you do, don't become so well-adjusted with your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. But instead, keep your attention fixed on Christ. And what will happen if you do that? You will be changed from the inside out. Let's not fall into the trap of being consumers. And one of the ways, one of the primary ways we can help ourselves to never fall in that trap is to to get off the sidelines. 
the coaching analogy and actually get on the field and to, to get into the game and to live this one and only life that we have. It's one and only. We get one life to live for something way more significant than just, than just ourselves, to live on mission for what he's called us to do, to live a life that's actually worthy, we read in Scripture, to live a life worthy of the calling you've received, but to live a life worthy of, of what Jesus Christ was willing to do on the cross for you and for me. Let's live a life that honors that, that blesses that, that says, God, I'm, I'm so blown away by what you did for me, I can't help but let my life be a poured out offering for you. It's so important we move from being a consumer to a contributor. We're going to talk about some areas here in a minute to serve, but I want to share for a moment of why we think it's so important for you to be in an ongoing, an ongoing group, an ongoing discipleship. And as again, there's so many in this room that are. We've created a brand new tool. It's in your white bulletin program that says how to get to this site. It's an area out in the, in, the, in the atrium as well for you to sign up for groups. We're trying to launch as many as we can this fall and get as many people involved in them as we can. But what's the value of, of doing that, right? And I want to share just a couple things with you in a couple passages. And I think one of the big ones is because you and I belong with other believers. We belong with God's people. We belong with the family of God. And here's what Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, and I want to read it out of the message again. It says, that's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. The enemy wants to get you off, kind of isolated, uh, get you off on your own. Anybody watch National Geographic when the big tiger comes? What does it do? It gets the little fawn, the deer off on its own. The enemy loves when he can get us off on our own. But we're no longer wandering exiles. The kingdom of faith is now your home country. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. As much, uh, you have as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home, and he's using us all. And irrespective of how we get here and what he is building, he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation, and now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone. He's the head of the church that holds all the parts together. And we see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God, all of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. You know what it tells me? Is that we're a family. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, your background, your backstory, where you've come from, whether you've got a colorful story or a little church mouth story, you know. That we are family. And we're called to do life together in community. And another one is we need each other to grow spiritually. We need each other more than you would ever know. You were never meant to do, to do life on your own in, in isolation and especially, especially spiritually. And I want to close with this this morning. Matthew 20, verse 28. Uh, scripture tells us to we're, we're to serve, we're to follow after the one that first showed us how to serve. And it says, just as man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mark 10, 45 is the exact same, says the exact same thing. That when Jesus Christ, he, he left his throne room and he came down to this earth. And you read all throughout the Gospels, he served people every place that he went. He was about serving people. He modeled what it looked like to be a selfless servant leader. 
And then you read in John, uh, John 13 that he's, he's preparing, he knows the time is coming for him to go to the cross. And he's in the upper room with his disciples in this upper room, and they're gathered around the table, a, a moment that they've experienced all before. And Jesus steps up from his seat, and, and, he, and he walks over, and, and he gets on his knees around the disciples. And it says in Scripture, he grabbed the basin of water, and, and, he, and he began to wash the dirty grimy, stinky, ugly feet of every single one of those disciples. He modeled to them what it looked like to serve. What it looked like, church, to throw the towel over your shoulder and say, here I am, God, send send me, right? He ultimately showed the ultimate selfless act when he went to the cross for us. And he said, man, your sin, you are broken people. And I'm going to go atone for all of it. For once and for all, all of your sin is going to be forgiven. Church, you'll never be at your best more than when you start serving other people. When you start serving people in this church. I would even say to the extent in which we serve in this body will be the extent of which we experience health and growth in the coming days and in the coming years. It's that important for us to find our God job, for us to find that niche of what God is calling us to do. So I unashamedly ask you today, are you engaged? Are you serving in this body? As you leave today, there's going to be a sheet on the back two round tables and then also in the atrium of just a host of areas for you to get involved and serve in this body. We understand that not everybody's going to go serve in children's ministry and youth ministry, although it is incredibly important that you do. Not everybody's going to serve in front lines. Some of you, your greatest gift to this church is you are a prayer warrior for this church. You're an encourager, encourager to the staff through, through cards and through letters and through a kind word that we all have a niche to play. That God's called us all to get involved. He's called us all to find our spot here and to, to do what he's called us to do. That they're right now in this moment, people faithfully serving in the children, using their one and only life to be in our children's ministry, and to serve our kids right now in this moment. Every single week on Sunday night, there's a group of children's workers and youth workers that say, you know what, I'm going to use my one and only life. I can't, I can't fix every teen, but I'm going to do for one, which I wish I could do for many, and I'm going to come and serve the teenagers. I'm going to start building a relationship with them. Some of you are doing it in front line. You know it's more than just shaking somebody's hand and helping them find a cup of coffee. No, we're trying to create an environment for them where people that walk in off, uh, off the streets or come from all over the place, that they walk in here and think, man, I belong here. This place is the most warm, most welcoming place I've ever been, that you are Jesus Christ when you reach out your hand and shake their hand, loving on people. He's working in and through you. I'll close with this last man in Scripture that we talked about last month, a man named David. David in Scripture, we know that he had his problems, didn't he? We know that he did. Uh, but also it says in Scripture that David was a man after God's own heart. Was he perfect? Whew, far from it. But most of us miss in Acts, it actually speaks to David in his life. And we can glaze right by it in Acts 13. I want you to hear what they say about David, and I love this. Acts 13, verse 36. Now when David had served God's purposes in his own generation, he died. And he was buried with his ancestors, and his body decayed. I want you to think of all the spiritual giants that have lived on this earth, from A.B. Simpson that helped found this movement, 
Uh, the list goes on with, with John Wesley and, and Martin Luther and Billy Graham and Mother Teresa, and Martin Luther King Jr., and the list can go on and on and on. And one day, just like every single one of them, just like David, our life is going to come to an end. And we're going to meet our Lord face to face, and there's going to be a group of people after that to gather in a room and talk about us. And may it honestly be said of you, and may it be said of me that, you know what they did? They served the purposes of God in their generation, and then they died. What an incredible, incredible word to be said about your life and mine. James says your life is a mist, it's a vapor, it's here today, and it's gone tomorrow. May it be said of each one of you, and me as well, that we live for the purposes of God in our generation. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for your grace, for your mercy. God, for those in here that need to be stretched to get in a group so they can do life with others. For those that you're kind of you know, nudging them to find a place to serve. They know what it is. They just need to pull the trigger on it and do it. God, may it be said of every single one of the people in this room and me that we lived our life for your purposes in our generation. God, we love you today and we thank you and it's your name we pray. Amen.